Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss if the new york islanders are going to be eliminated it's not going to be at nassau coliseum it's the yahoo sports hockey podcast justin cuthbert back with you 68 seconds into overtime and after the islanders had erased a two-goal deficit while facing elimination in game six anthony bovillier picked off a loose pass from blake coleman of the tampa bay lightning and roofed it on andre vasilevsky of the tampa bay lightning to force a game seven versus tampa on friday night it was bovillier's first of the series and first in 11 games an enormous moment on a night where the Islanders, their fans, and the building itself refuse to fold. It's still possible that this Game 6 victory is the last act at Nassau Coliseum ever as the Islanders are getting a new arena next year. It served as the setting to some of the most incredible moments in Islanders in hockey history. But if it is that last moment, if it is that last act, it will at least be one for fans of the franchise to savor for a very long time. So good on the Islanders and their fans for what was a rousing result on Wednesday night. If there was a player that sort of led that never never say die charge, it was Matt Barzell, the Islanders' best player. Their star forward had maybe his best game of the playoffs, or at least his best period in period number three. He was absolutely dominant, and he eventually set up Scott Mayfield's game-tying goal in that period. And I'd love to see more advanced data on that period from Barzell, like more than the basic stuff that we can find online because it just didn't cover it. It seemed like he had the puck on his stick in the offensive zone for a considerable fraction of that period, buzzing around, creating chances for himself and his teammates. Still all told in the game, he had two primary assists. He set up both regulation goals that the Islanders had, and he was really the difference for an Islanders team that needed someone, something to inspire some offense to break through against this Tampa side, which is as professional as it gets. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was just too many storms to weather on a night where they were expecting to feel that heat inside Nassau Coliseum. And despite what happened in Game 5, it was an 8-0 victory for Tampa Bay. The hockey world knew that the Islanders weren't going to let Tampa just have this. They weren't going to roll over. And Tampa knew this. And I think it shaped uh, the way the team approached the game. It was all about absorbing what was coming to them and controlling the environment with their play. And again, I think they did incredibly well to start. Um, And the first task was eliminating that early atmosphere. You knew the fans were going to be charged up and that the Islanders were going to bring their best off the hop. But the Lightning did an incredible job of holding the Islanders to just three shots. I think in the first 15, 16, maybe 14 minutes around that. 
and just seven shots in the period overall. And then with four minutes left in the first period, as the Lightning have really cut down on anything that the Islanders could produce, Braden Point opened the scoring, and it seemed Tampa Bay was off and running. And then that second storm was came in the form of a five-on-three for Tampa Bay. So they survived the first. They had the lead. They come into the second period, and all of a sudden, Victor Hedman and Mikhail Sergachev went to the box, and the Islanders had both a four-on-three and a five-on-three it, over that stretch and it looked like the game tying goal was coming but Yan Ruta had a huge block Vasilevsky made a couple massive saves I think they had seven a shot attempts in that stretch of power play time but they couldn't find that equalizer at least yet and not only did Tampa weather the storm but they actually came out way better on the way better end of it because just as the penalty expired or a couple moments after that Anthony Sorelli scored to make it 2 nothing accepting a breakaway pass and and beating Semyon Varlamov so another storm weathered and it seemed like Tampa was in complete control at that point but before the second period was up Jordan Eberle scored a big goal for the Islanders and it was sort of surprising giving you know he was like one on three at the time and Vasilevsky was in position he just I guess couldn't see the puck but the Islanders were back in it based on that late goal from Eberle and they actually had the the lightning on their heels to close that period and I'm thinking okay the Islanders just got to get through this period because the equalizer might come here but if they can refresh and sort of reset in the intermission they're going to be fine but the third period was completely different and it was Hurricane Barzal in that third period and eventually after Barzell started with the dominant dom- uh, dominant four on four shift, nearly scored I think on his next shift or maybe the shift after that, he set up Scott Mayfield for that game tying goal and that set the sa- uh, set the stage rather for Anthony Beauvillier to score in overtime. Uh, Scott Mayfield is going to be a huge part of this story uh, and further proof that we live in an unjust world because. I think on the first shift of the game, or maybe at least Nikita Kucherov's first shift, Mayfield delivered a nasty cross check. Um, coincidentally, right in front of Chris Lee, uh, the official that's been taking a lot of heat and deservedly so here in these playoffs. I don't know if the cross check landed right on Kucherov's kidney or the ribs or a bit of the arm and that impacted the shoulder. I'm not really sure what happened to Kucherov, but it hurt him. It hurt the star player for Tampa Bay, and he left after trying to finish out his shift and did not return. So now the leading scorer for the Lightning, both in last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs, is questionable for Game 7 and beyond. I mean, that's a huge potential turning point and clearly a missed opportunity for Tampa Bay to not win that game and get a little bit more rest potentially for Kucherov. But it was another call blown by the officials or something another call at least overlooked or a moment that was overlooked. And for the NHL, I mean, it's one thing to continue having Chris Lee refereeing, but we're flying him around the country to impact both series. I mean, what are we doing here? Are we not listening to the fans? Are we not listening to the uproar? Are we not evaluating these officials based on their performance? Or is, you know, the worse you do, the more opportunity you get and the more air miles you get to put in your bank account or your air miles account i guess anyway scott mayfield also drove steven stamkos headfirst in the boards but that's not anything to get too hung up on considering the standard here in these playoffs but anyway the poster child for lax rules at least in this game was scott mayfield who both got away with injuring a star player on the other side and then maybe like assumed his powers by scoring one of the best goals you'll ever see scott mayfield score to tie the game and of course lead to the overtime winner Elsewhere, I was preparing to come on and criticize uh, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock a little bit. That star 
you know, that underrated start tandem, at least in terms of defense, defensive pairings for the New York Islanders. They've been receiving a lot of positive attention. I mean, they're still under the radar guys, but there's a little bit of chatter about the Olympic team potentially for both of them or one of them. Um, and they've been really, really good and a, a driving force here, obviously, for the Islanders, but they didn't have a particularly strong game. It was both of them culpable on the goals scored by Tampa in regulation. Adam Pellick just couldn't handle Braden Point in front in the opening goal. And then I mentioned Sorelli's goal where, where he just skated into a breakaway pass. He, he actually skated by both Pellick and Pollock before receiving that pass. And I guess really no harm, no foul because the Islanders won the game, but two important players like Matt Martin maybe was after taking a bad penalty late in the game, breathing a sigh of relief for sure after Anthony Beauvillier's goal because uh, they would have had a long summer thinking about how they let Anthony Sorelli slip behind them. Uh, it does have to be mentioned that Braden Point, with his goal, has now scored in nine consecutive games. And in Game 7 versus the Islanders, he can tie the record of goals in successive games in the postseason of 10 held by Reggie Leach. Uh, if he does that, I mean, on the last podcast, I was talking about how you can't really separate Point Kucherov and Vasilevsky in terms of Conn Smythe um, contention, at least within the Islanders. But if he does that, matches a record that's been standing for about a quarter century, uh, it's going to be hard to deny Braden Point, who, of course, does a lot more than just score in consecutive games for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, last note before we wrap things up, Lou Lamorello named GM of the year, I guess yesterday morning, based on the time you're going to be listening to this. Maybe, you know, the decision's aging a little bit better with this win, not that it really matters. But I mean, if we are, you know, awarding these executives or this criteria based on what's happening in the playoffs, and we did, I believe, include the first round, if I'm not mistaken, it seems weird that Mark Bergevin's not the one being recognized. I mean, his work is clearly superior to that of Lamorello's. And, you know, Lamorello did make a great trade bringing in Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. It basically gave them a third line with John Gabriel Pajot, who was brought in last year at the deadline. But Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello rather, also traded away Devontae's, who's one of the best defensemen on one of the best teams in the NHL this year at the start of the season. So, you know, hard to reconcile that. But even, even so... Okay, it worked out for them. They're in the they could be going to the Stanley Cup final here, so you can't really slam them for it too much. But if we're talking about him versus Bergevan, Bergevan brought in a bounty of players this year to drive the results the Montreal Canadiens are getting right now. He traded for Josh Anderson, signed Joel Edmondson, signed Tyler Toffoli, signed Jake Allen, signed Corey Perry, and even brought in Cole Caulfield for this playoff run after he was drafted in the first round a couple years back. But still. I mean, the amount of work Bergevin did to get his team to the point that it's at now, even if we never thought this was going to happen, I think he deserves the credit for that over Lamorello, but I digress. Okay, looking ahead. Tomorrow night, game six between the Vegas Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens. We could either earn our second game seven or the Montreal Canadiens, Canada's team, can advance on a provincial holiday in Quebec. We are coming down to it and we'll continue to cover it here on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.